Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue Show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube. And we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Spiro Avenue Show. And normally I regale the audience with, I don't know, five, seven, eight minutes of a brilliant intro sharing my great thoughts. Uh, Not tonight. When your two guests have a walkthrough an hour and a half away at 7 a.m., you get right to the chase. We're going to get right to the chase. But first, got to get to the sponsor really quick. It is our good friends, one of the originals of the Spiro Avenue Show, our friends at Virgil's Vineyard, virgilsvineyard.com. It is the smuggler's son, the finest wine in town, the finest wine you can find anywhere. We highly recommend the smuggler's son. Check them out. Virgilsvineyard.com. And remember the discount code Spiro, S P I R O, at checkout. Again, S P I R O, at checkout for that 10% discount. It is the best wine. Check it out. You'll love it. I promise. Let's get right to it. Uh, I told you I'm not doing the intro tonight because we're on a, a time crunch, but I'm excited. I'm going to get right to it. We have two certified Spartan dogs in the house. Everyone knows we have Michigan guests. I talk about the Pistons, I, I, I run the gamut, but. The heart is in East Lansing always, and the heart is being brought forward tonight. So again, two certified Spartan dogs fresh off a big win, unexpected to some. We'll get to that in a minute against Northwestern on the road. One of these guys caught the first pass of the year and thrived in a new role. I'm excited about that. And the other steamrolled guys for the entirety of 60 minutes. It's an honor to have both of them. I want to get right to it. First, Connor Hayward, Ken Walker the third. Happy to have you. Welcome to the Spiro Avenue Show. Good to be here. Appreciate you for having us. I know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Thank you for having us. Oh, no problem. No problem. Now, you, you've been here once before, not on the show, Connor, but it's your second time uh, in the area. You were at that, that great Jill and Watts Jackson event. We talked about you doing the show at some point. I'm glad to have you. I want to start here. The Northwestern win. I know guys don't always pay attention to the Vegas stuff. You know, you can't really get into that, and we don't get into that with players, certainly. But if you weren't aware, you're three to three and a half point underdogs. Not a big line, but the general perception was, eh, coin flip or you're probably going to lose. That's not what happened. You go on the road against the defending Big Ten West champions. Uh, Not the most hostile of atmospheres, but still a road game at night, Friday night, and you destroy them. I mean, it's 38 to 21. Arguably wasn't even really that close. I think you guys probably kept some things in the playbook, certainly. I was surprised not that you won. I thought you would win. I was surprised at how dominant the offense looked. 38 points was more than any point scored in any game last year. The previous high was 29. So, I mean, you, you outpaced anything we saw last year. I was in the middle of watching my other school, my grad school, University of North Carolina Tar Heels, get shocked by Virginia Tech on, on the road. I was not happy about that. And those games butt up right in the, against each other. So I'm watching UNC fall apart. And I'm a little bit sad, but I know we're kicking off. And the game flips, and it's like, I don't have two seconds to settle into you guys. This is what happens the second I turn the, the remote control, it goes to your game. So let's start there. I almost thought he was the favorite the entire offseason. Right, Joe has met Leather, and we are underway. And the first touch is for Kenneth Walker. And a breakaway down the far sideline, and Kenneth Walker... We'll take it to the house. 
So, yeah, I, I didn't have like the, the Rolos and the Diet Coke out yet, and, and that happens. So that was a hell of a start to the year. You end up going on a video game-worthy rampage in that game. Correct me if I'm wrong, Connor, didn't you spring that run with a, a pretty nice block, too? Yeah, uh, I made a pretty nice block. Uh, Jaden Reed uh, actually uh, sealed the perimeter, uh, blocked two guys, you know, blocked his guy over top of him, and, uh, you know, ended up blocking another guy, and, you know, him did what he does. So it was a hell of a start, obviously. I mean, not I mean, even if you felt good about the game going in. I, we'll throw up your stats for the few people that haven't had this cross their desk yet. This is what the Ken Walker day looked like on Friday night at Northwestern. Uh, this is insane. I mean, 264 yards rushing. It's the seventh highest total in Michigan State history, which, by the way, dates back to the late 1800s. I mean, it's like, we're we're like. 15 years before the Titanic sank, this program has been around. So to be the seventh highest total in that history is insane. Four touchdowns, numbers speak for themselves. Honestly, if the game were close, I think you would have been even higher. I think there's a little bit of load management there, but uh, blew my mind, obviously. No one was expecting your performance. I heard uh, Colton Pouncey's a friend of mine. He's been on the show. He said, watch out for Ken Walker. I don't think your mom, your best friend in the world was like, oh, yeah, Ken's running for 264 opening night. But there was a group that was not surprised by your performance, your teammates. Your teammates seemed to think this wasn't even all that surprising. Peyton Thornton says, kind of shrugging, I've seen this guy do this 50 times in practice. Like, it wasn't even a big deal. Xavier Henderson kind of shrugged, said, yeah, I mean, that's, that's Ken being Ken. Uh, were you surprised at least a little bit, Ken? We'll start with you. Your performance. I mean, I, I'm sure you're a self confident guy, but like, come on, did you see that coming? Uh, honestly, it was a shocker for real. But like, um, it was a real team effort. You know, you know, Connor. You seen him in the video blocking. You know what I mean? The old line did a great job the whole night. You know, the wide receivers. You seen Jaden on that play. He was blocking. That's just one. That's just one play. You know what I'm saying? They did that the whole game. So. You know, uh, I give a lot of credit to those guys because uh, if it wasn't for them, that wouldn't have been possible. Were you getting like insane volume of text messages? You go to your locker after the game, like what was that like? Yeah, it was crazy actually. Like my followings went up like by like, bro, I don't even know, like eight thousand or something. Like <laughs> you that. you yeah. jumped eight thousand. So, like, I started off like four thousand eight hundred followers before the game, and like after that game, like I'm at like twelve. Hey now, well, uh, you, you did. Now. You relative bond for overnight is just insane, or like yeah. in a week or whatever yeah, that it's is. Crazy, it's nuts. Did you hear from anybody, uh, like alums or anything, like anybody that we would know, or like anybody kind of cool? Oh, yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm glad I asked. I was, I, I, I did not know this in advance. I don't know who no, you're about to no. say. Magic Johnson reached out to me. Magic Johnson yeah, reached out to you. Actually, I was not expecting that. So oh, he in your Twitter time. DMs? Yeah, he like actually he like tweeted it out on his his little deal, his tweet. Oh tweet, yeah, yeah, and then um. Today, I actually got to talk to Reggie Bush and everything. Like, I had a little interview with him. You talked to Reggie Bush today? Yeah. It was oh, really it's like one of the five best college running backs yeah, ever. I mean, probably like the best that, I saw on this period. That's awesome, man. It's got to be surreal for you. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's isn't that part of the appeal of coming to Michigan State? I mean, not to denigrate Wake Forest yeah. or any other program, right. but like, isn't that that kind of a stage sort of some of the appeal? Right. Yeah. It's crazy because like this culture here is just it's so different. Like, it's a lot of stuff I still haven't learned. Like, walking around here, I'm like, dang, I'm, like, learning all this history. It's like, it's like that. It's lit. You were getting a crash course walking through. Like, yeah, yeah, Ken and Connor walk in, and they're going through, like, the 
the Spiro Museum, like yeah. I don't the studio. These, I mean, honestly, and we'll get to him later, but like it reminded me a lot of when Anthony Russo was here. Yeah. He was like, who's that guy? Like, tell me about that guy. Like, yeah. I love when guys come in and they actually care. Like, yeah. you're seeing pictures from like literally the 50s and 60s. And you're like, who's that guy? Who's right. that guy? Like, that's that's someone that like actually gives a hoot and hell about exactly. the program. I, I don't know. I mean, Connor, you're performance was interesting because I'm for one again, first catch of the year out of the box, which is nice to see. I've been a big fan of yours for a long time. I love that your hands are going to be a big part of what you're doing. I mean, I don't know if you guys in house call this H back. That's what everyone else is calling it. It's an H back presentation. I mean, it's a new role for you, obviously, but you thrived in it early. How did you feel like coming out of the gate, getting off to a good start right away and doing well out of the gate? Uh, honestly, uh, you know, credit to, my teammates and the coaches, because uh, it was a, a transition for me. Uh, some of the stuff came natural, some of the stuff didn't. Some stuff I'm still working at, but um, I guess you would say H back tight end. You know, I'm in. The, I meet with the tight ends now. I'm not in the running back room, unfortunately. I kind of miss them, uh, but all the tight ends they've welcomed me with open arms, and you know they've supported me, and I've supported them, and we've all just pushed each other to be better. And uh, you know, um, you know, I saw this opportunity, and the coaches saw this opportunity, and you know. I took full advantage of it, and hopefully I can continue to do that, you know, and hopefully we can just go 1-0, you know, week by week and not look over, not overlook anybody. Yeah, I think that has to be the mentality, and it is a cliche, but it's a good one. It's a cliche for a reason, you know, try to just win every week. Obviously, any opening to a season, at least for a member of the team, somebody like me that's a diehard fan, as you can probably gather from your environment, the first game of the year is obviously a big deal, always. This year had a particular sort of backdrop to it that made it intriguing in regards to the quarterback battle. Peyton Thorne versus Anthony Russo, it's something that the second Russo transfers here, it's carrying through the entire offseason. It seems kind of like everybody, I don't know a single exception in Spartan Nation. Everybody I knew, everybody I saw publicly really likes both guys. Like there wasn't this, even when Damian Terry was here, you had like the Damian Terry camp and the, you know, the there was like factions, like people like Maxwell or whomever. It wasn't really like that. It was like kind of everyone loved both guys, but it did drag on for a long time. You stole the spotlight, Ken, in one play. I mean, that, that was going in. Everyone's like, who's going to start? We don't know. An hour before, maybe you knew we're going to get to that. Fans had no idea. You stole the spotlight, but I want to get back to that because we touched on you. When did you guys find out? Like, when did you know who was starting? So they never, like, publicly or, like, pub, obviously they didn't publicly come out and say that. And Coach Tuck didn't even say anything. Coach Johnson really didn't say anything. They were kind of just taking both reps with the ones. They're still doing that, you know. But we feel comfortable with either or guy. And, you know, they're both great leaders. And we know what both of them do. They both uh, are good at the same things. And, you know, some bring different things to the table. And hopefully, you know, we can – show what both are able to do. You know, I think we're deep at every position. And uh, Coach Tuck really talks about having depth. You know, the more depth is the better. And obviously you want to play a lot of guys because the more guys you play, the more guys are invested in the more roles guys, you know, can end up having, whether, you know, they start on special teams or they start on offense. But um, Coach Tuck always talks about special teams. You know, if he wants starters on special teams. Like, it does not matter. And, um, you know, if you need a break, take a break on offense or defense because, you know, special teams can, you know, win or lose you a game. I agree on like the rotating guys, but I, I would argue quarterback would be like the one exception where, again, just as a fan on the outside, I love use 10 receivers. I even like we're kind of doing something 
odd by normal standards, rotating in a ton of offensive linemen. I like what Cap's doing there. The quarterback kind of is the one exception where it's probably not going great if you're, you know, two quarterback system in and pulling guys, yanking guys. I, I was a big fan of Peyton Thorne last year, like pumped him up, loved him. I was on the, if you will, friendly like Team Russo thing all offseason. Now I'll admit, I, I got to be up front. I'm a little biased because, Connor, you were at the event, but I invited Anthony Russo to my Michigan State event. I invited Peyton Thorne to my Michigan State event. One guy didn't respond, and one guy was like, I'm in. Tell me all about it. So I'm a little <laughs> painted by that. There's, there's Anthony and I at, at uh, the Trouble with the Snap event back in July. So I do admit I'm biased, but I love both guys. I think I was a representative example of the fan base. Like, I, I don't think, even though it was sort of friendly, I don't think the fan base had any, like, animosity at all. But And I'm sure you guys didn't either, it doesn't sound like. But was there any element of, and either one of you can take it, but any element of, kind of I'm Team Russo or I'm Team Thorne, like any division at all there? Uh, no, nah, not at all. I think both guys are great, you know. We, I mean, on and off the field, they're great leaders. And then, like, uh, actually, Russo was my roommate when we first got here, so I got a bone with him. And then uh, Peyton, uh, I have a bone with him as well. Like, I actually went to uh, Naperville. That's where he's from. I, was, I got a chance to stay with his family and get to meet his family and everything. And we stayed there for, like, a week on a break. But, like, yeah, both guys are great. I don't no animosity against either. Yeah, it's like you're allowed to like both, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. both of them are cool guys for real. <laughs> It'll be interesting because it's like, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm a Russo fan, met him, great guy. I think he's really talented. I mean, he has an NFL level arm. Man. Um, you know, so it's kind of like, I want to see him get a chance, but does that mean Peyton Thorne is hurt or not playing well? I don't want to see either of those things. Right. So it is a tough spot, but I really, it's a good problem to have. Like Michigan State having two starting caliber quarterbacks is a good problem to have if you even want to call it that. Right. So we'll transition to this. Uh, Mel Tucker has changed a lot of things, um, and we're going to get into some of that in a minute. And, you know, there's a big D'Antonio fan here. He's all over the walls, too. I uh, love both guys, but it is different. So I want to start, Ken, with you here. You're coming at it from different perspectives. So Connor was here already and was a Coach D guy that stayed, thankfully. You came in from the outside. So right. you, were, you were at Wake Forest. Mel Tucker has said openly, I'm going to aggressively attack the transfer portal. He's, he's not hiding it. He's going after these guys. So you're, you're in the transfer portal uh, coming from Wake Forest. You end up committing to Michigan State on January 6th. You announced it on Twitter. The commitment had the nation in such a frenzy, there was actually a riot at the Capitol about your commitment to, uh, to, to Michigan State January 6th. I think that was, that was the background, right? Who commits the day that there's an insurrection at the Capitol? I thought you had very interesting timing. But you see, so you commit January 6th. But take me through sort of the process before that. Like I, The portal's still relatively new. It's very new to me. I don't you know. It's, I haven't gone through it, obviously. Like, what's that process like? Are you on your couch one day and, and Mel sends you a text message? Or, like, what was it like and what was his pitch to you? Uh, actually, I didn't even know much about Michigan State at all when I first entered the uh, transfer portal. Um um, before entering, it was like kind of nerve wracking because like you don't know you don't know if like anybody wants you when you enter the portal, you know. Then you have to go back to the same school and be like, damn, like can you accept me back? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> but yeah, um, nah. So when I got in the portal, you know, schools hit me up, and then I end up getting the. I actually talked to Coach Peaks first. Um, one of my boys, he played high school with me. His uncle knew a lot about the portal, so he was able to navigate through there and like give me like tips and everything. 
and um, I was able to talk to Coach Peaks and everything. And he, um, the guy, he told me about how Coach Tuck was building a program, and that's how I was introduced to Coach Tuck, like um, through that. So, um, end up getting on the phone with Coach Tuck. He was telling me everything, how he's changing the culture and things like that. Uh, he told me, um, like he was pretty much intense. He was already intense, like over the phone. So like. I like that. And he was like willing to like, I knew he was going to be able to coach me up and make me into a better player. So you felt like you felt like the fire coming through right away. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Is there something, I mean, change the culture, which I've heard him say too publicly, it, that could mean anything. Does he talk about like what he's looking for? What he liked in you? What he's trying to create? Is it more just kind of a general scatter shot? Um, yeah. He was um, telling me my skill set and everything, like what he liked, my vision, my explosiveness and things like that. And he was saying uh, he could, uh, he believed that could be, a, be an impact in the offense. Yeah, yeah. Things oh. like that. He's one for one. So <laughs> he's, he's, off, he's off to a good start on that one. Like what's, and, and this is kind of like, I get to both of you. We'll start with you, Connor. Does Mel Tucker the dude? I mean, we know what we see. Obviously, there's got to be some things that you guys see that we don't see at a press conference. I wouldn't want my coach to be everything on the sleeve, but just Mel Tucker, the dude, like, what is he like? Is that hip image where he's, you know, tweeting out pictures of his shoes and stuff? Is that like really the guy or is that like a marketing guy? It is your like, Hey, do this. Like, what is he like? Just the dude? No, that that's coach Tuck for sure. <laughs> that's him. He comes every day with new pairs of shoes, <laughs> trying to look all nice in his Lulu joggers, you know, with his um, Perrier water, super, super bougie, but um, he's super funny. But, he, you know, when it's time to lock in, you know, and he's a great leader, you know, he definitely gets us all behind him. And he kind of is, well, not he's gotten us to be more of a player-led team. Like, we're in the leadership group, and there's probably about 15 other guys. But um, he's intense. Uh, he'll coach you up. He's not one of them coaches that kind of sits back. He, he coaches every position, doesn't matter. He watches every position. Sometimes you do individuals with the DBs, but he's all over the place. Uh, he's fully invested. His hands are really on the program, and he wants to see the program grow. He wants not just for him, but for everybody. He wants us all to play in National Football League. He wants us to win national championships. He wants us to win conference championships because this is stuff he's done before. He's won right. two national championships, and he, he's talked about it, not in a, a bragging way, but he's like, I know what it takes. So I feel like we all trust him a lot and we trust the staff and everybody else. And cause you just have seen it. He always talks about um, the progress of everything in the process and it started in the weight room and then we got really good nutrition. So he's really building it from ground up. And when you see that and he's bringing all the right stuff in the training room, just doing all this, you're like, all right, yeah, this guy really wants it, and it makes us even want it more for him and for us. Right. Your training is unbelievable, what you guys have done there with the training and nutrition. Like, I, I joked about the before and afters that MSU Football's Twitter account. I wish I had pulled some. I didn't know we were going to go here. It looks like a Photoshopped P90X ad. Like, I mean, it looks like fake, It's but it's not. It's just unbelievable, the transformation. Like, we've talked about a little bit before. You talked about Mel bringing up national contention. I've been there. I've been there twice, you know, in an assistant role. I know what it takes. We've talked about it a little bit. And he had a quote about recruiting. I think he was actually still at Colorado or it was right after he came here, but about his sort of philosophy. And he said, like, look, these kind of five, eight, 145 guys that are dominating high school and may be able to help you out are great. 
you know, against Eastern Michigan or whomever. But when you see them in these big games against Bama, Auburn, Clemson, these guys just get pushed around. And his recruiting philosophy is like, look, I'm not saying I'll take zero smaller guys, but he's big on size. And we've seen that. Every every guy they get now is like 6'4 and, and beefy or, I mean, Ken, you're <laughs> – I was joking with Kato this morning. I'm like, I'm in the gym trying to look like you now. I mean, it's, it's – I, you, I, you know, not, not to get weird on you, but my God. I mean, your pictures, we're talking about the impressive fitness and stuff. But, like, that's the kind of guy he he's going for. And he's going for it because – like, I don't want to win 10 games and be an Indian. Maybe I would, maybe I don't. He wants to win a national championship at Michigan State. Now, people laugh at that. I don't think you guys think that's insane in terms of that's where he, he really thinks you guys, you know, maybe not this year, but big picture can win a national title at some point with him there. Is that fair to say? I think this year. I think uh, this year, actually. I think, I don't. You're going for it this year. Yeah, like, I'm not. If we go in the season thinking that we, oh, we may not win it this year, blah, 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 then we'll never win one. Like, if you got a mindset of, like, you're not going to win something, then you're not, you're just not going to do it. So, like, that's, like, the mentality now. We expect to win national championship. We expect to go in and win a national championship. Man, I love it. But he, you you think, he really thinks that, though. Yeah. This isn't him. No. He, no this he, is, he's we, drilling that in. We have enough. Uh, he always says we have this enough way. in this room. Exactly. We don't need everyone in the room, but we have enough. Right. And we finally have a lot of depth at a lot of positions. Like you mentioned earlier, we're rotating offensive linemen, and, uh, you know, it's first couple games of the year. Everybody's going to get tired. We were tired, so you know those big guys up front are going to get tired. Oh, yeah. So just – even them getting those reps will help for later on in the season. And, you know, we can't look too far, you know. Right. We got Youngstown State, you know. <clears throat> they ran the ball 61 times last game. They're going to try to make the game, you know, long and or shorten the game yeah, out, however you want to say it, you know, and keep our defense out on the field and try to limit our opportunities. But we're ready. Yeah, I, we I, I, I really do think we have enough and we have the guys and we finally have the mindset. Like, I think before we kind of lacked the mindset – but the work we put in and on the field, in the weight room, and in the film room, I think it's going to pay off in the long run. Right. And you can tell it's a difference. Like, from winter to now, like, people are buying in to, like, what we're doing and what Coach Tuck is teaching. You know what I mean? It's like, and we got chemistry together. You know, a lot of transfers came in. Like, but, like, we all have a bun together. And, like, we all got a winning mindset. So I, feel, I, I really do believe that. If you have, like, uh some kind of personal issue. I mean, take your pick, your aunt that you love is sick or something. Like he's, he doesn't seem super warm and fuzzy. Like you see a guy you can knock on his door and say, Hey coach, I got whatever going on. I don't know if that's even come up. It's not my business with you guys, but do you get the sense that he's, he's can kind of play that side too. Yeah. Yeah. You can talk to him off the field. He's like, approachable. Yeah. I actually, I actually talked to him off the field. Like, um, you know, intensive practice, you know, that's how it's supposed to be like on our ass and things like that. But like, after that, man, you can talk to him. Go talk to him about anything, school, anything you need to talk to. Like, I remember one time he um he actually, like, asked us to come up there, like, the transfers, to make sure, like, everything was going good. And he wanted to know, like, things to better the program and things like that because he really cares. Like, he genuinely cares for uh, the players and everybody around. Yeah, I mean, that was a big thing. And we'll, we're going to get to this, Connor. And that was a big thing I always heard from D'Antonio's players. I mean, Darian Harris, who you guys know because he's working for the program now. But has been on the show and has said, you know, D'Antonio's like a, a dad. I mean, you could go to him with anything. Um, I want to compare him a little bit and, and we'll get it. So we, we've talked about this before. 
it's it's sort of our our Mel versus Mark, and there's so many similarities there, even dating back to their playing days. I mean, they were both defensive backs. They both have won national titles as defensive coordinators. They're both from the Nick Saban coaching tree. And then you start to get into some of the differences. Mel has seemingly a great affection for the media and plays into it. Mark seemed to, at best, tolerate the media. I would argue it was contempt, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Mel openly talks about that, you know, national recruiting. Mark is more of a regional guy. It was Ohio, a lot of Ohio, a lot of Illinois, obviously Michigan as well. Uh, Mel is big on, I want players with size. We talked about that a little bit. D'Antonio, famous for having a lot of undersized scrappy dudes, a lot of, you know, the Blair White types. Not No right or wrong answer, just different mentality. Mel's approach seems to be, Everyone's replaceable. He talked about that. Like, look, if you're not buying in, you can you can leave. Like, if that's your attitude, if you're not going to be with us, get out. Mark seemed to have more of an undying loyalty to players and staff. Guys could make multiple mistakes, be brought back in. You know, people wanted certain coaches gone. Didn't matter what happened, he kept them. So there are a lot of differences there. You know, Ken, you can like text your girlfriend or whatever. You can take thirty seconds because you didn't play under Coach D'Antonio, yeah. so you can you can take this one out. This will be obviously for Connor. But can you talk about like the differences? I talked about what I saw. How are they different? How have things been changed? Uh, I'll start off with how they're pretty similar. Uh, I feel like they're both really loyal guys. Uh, you can go to them about anything. Coach D'Antonio, even with me leaving, he come to practice. Me and him talked. We're good. Everything's good. We never had a bad relationship. I actually really looked at him as a father figure and someone, you know, that I could go to about anything. But um, they're both intense. Coach Antonio is a little more reserved, laid back. Coach Tuck does not matter who you are, player, coach. You you must be ready at all times. You must be, you know, bought in and, and actually engaged in everything you do. Um, with Coach Antonio, you, you you had to be engaged as well, but Coach Tuck is more young. You know, he understands the new school, but he's real with the old school, too. He, no flair, none of the armbands, none of that. We're, we're not even really allowed to wear towels. You, like, really? I had to ask him to wear a towel. And Or you, or if you're a center, punter, long snapper, quarterback, you can wear a towel. But if if you don't go up to him and ask him, you're not allowed to wear a towel. It's the like George Steinbrenner thing with the, no sideburns. He, so he, he calls it meat and potatoes. and. Uh, like like you said, I'll piggyback off you know the national recruit, and I really do think our coaches are does not matter where you are, where you're from, what you know, what background you came from. Coach Tuck is going to get the best players, and in the tight end room today, Coach Gilmore, the guys that are playing right now, protect your job. The guys that aren't playing, try to take their job. So every day you get to come with that mindset. You know, I got to protect my job. And I like that. You know, it makes you compete. It makes the guys behind you compete. And it just overall makes the team better. And they always talk about making it uh, a competitive uh, a competitive culture and a competitive just atmosphere. And when you do that, it just brings the best out in everybody. And, you know, everybody unst- understands their role. And everybody knows that whenever they're out there, they need to make the most of it. Because if not, you're out the game or you're out of practice. It doesn't matter if it's an ABC drill or if it's a team drill, or if it's special teams. Whenever you're out on the field, you better take it serious. You better have your mouthpiece in, helmet strapped, no helmets off at practice, and it's it's business. It's it's college, but it's it's a job. Like, I get more of a job vibe, like, I'm here to work every day. And Coach Antonio, we had that vibe, but I feel like it was it was just so, like, laid back in a way, you know? 
they would rip us, but it was it was just different. And that's not to bash him. It was just a different culture. It's I kind of get the culture that I had back in high school, kind of like the football is everything. Like down south, how it is, that's the culture I get now. And, you know, I feel like it's just going to attract the, it's going to attract many more people to Michigan State and the best recruits. Well, we pulled a quote from his introductory press conference, uh, Mel Tucker, that I thought was interesting right when I heard it, watched it live. And I was like, well, what does he mean by that? So I want you to shine a little light. And I think you have already to a bit uh, to a certain degree. So this was a quote from Mel Tucker's press conference. He said, it's going to be about changing the culture. That's going to be the first order of business. Now, when I heard that, I thought, okay, again, we mentioned it earlier. What exactly does that mean? Because that could mean anything. But I didn't take it as a, a jab at D'Antonio at all. I think he has a great deal of respect for D'Antonio. But there was something that he saw from afar and from those early conversations that he thought we need to depart from that. I mean, can you speak to a little bit about, was there something that they got away from that you think they needed to get away from in terms of the D'Antonio era? It seemed on the outside to be getting kind of stale at the end, again, just from the outside looking in. Well, I think whenever a new coach is hired, he wants to change the culture. You know, he wants things to be his way. And that's, I would want that if I was a head coach or if I was a position coach or anything, if I was going to new school. But, um, what was I about to say? Um, just. He's making it his own. Yeah, I mean, he's not, making it his own. Yeah, he, he, yeah. He's, there's still stuff with Coach D'Antonio and all, all the stuff he's done. You know, he respects Coach D'Antonio. We all respect Coach D'Antonio, but there were some things with the program that I think were best. You know, some guys have left on their own and some guys they kind of forced out. But, you know, I think it was for the best of the team. Uh, Coach, Obviously, if Coach Tuck saw that, we all saw that, uh, you know, and. We're just trying to limit all the distractions. Um, if guys aren't showing up, guys showing up late, or you know, guys not taking it serious and guys not making the most of it, why not give somebody else an opportunity? I don't know anybody else, and, and, and Ken, you can jump in now too. Like, I don't know anybody else that fits that Mel Tucker mold. I mean, he honestly seems like a one of one because you see there's a million hard asses out there, famously. I mean, NFL, college, doesn't matter. Bill Parcells, Nick Saban. And then you have a lot of like the jolly, you know, Dabo types, um, although he's struggling now at Orgeron that, you know, I, I'm not saying that they're pushovers, but like it's a little bit more kind of friendly. I don't know anybody that's known as in practice, like no towels, better have your helmet on right, like or else. But I'm also tweeting out pictures of my shoes every week. Like he, he really does. I don't know anybody else like this guy. I mean, he's one of one, right? Is that fair? Yeah, there's nobody yeah. like this guy. He, he, he's he's unique. <laughs> he's an alien. Like yeah. he's he's got kind of the best of both because he can relate. Like he gets the social media thing, yeah. which is I think important. Uh, and he's also like going to be on your ass if you're not doing your job. It's like he's a dream, I think, to a fan base. Yeah, really. that actually threw me off the first time I ever seen him post. Like because he had like Jays on, like. He got better shoe game than me, bro. Like, <laughs> like, Let me get some. Let me get some. Like, cause like you know, we in practice is meat and potatoes and stuff like that. No flair, none of that. Then I see his Instagram and he posts in Jordans and stuff. Like, dang, like, like, really fly, That's what I'm saying. It's like you know, I get like there's you know Billy badass coaches that never smile, crack a smile, and I, Antonio was kind of that guy. And you can win big. Saban's the ultimate example. No better coach ever. And then you get the flip side where, you know, the more jolly and stuff, but you never see it in the same package. Like you may get the friendly guy that gets mad at one practice on a Thursday, but a guy that has like kind of two completely different hats and both 
for the right place in the right time are perfect. Like you don't want to be gruff with the media. We've seen coaches do that in all sports, really. I don't think it ever serves you well. Uh, you know, and we've, we've seen sort of the flip side where they're, you know, uh, kind of goofy at practice. The Detroit Lions have a long history of that. And that doesn't go well either. So you got, you have like sort of the one of one alien that does both, which is why there's two commissioned paintings of the man on my walls and a, a third photo. But he's just a fascinating one of one, I think. So I want to transition to this. Connor, you famously scored two touchdowns in a very famous game last year against the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. The 2020 Michigan game, I just want to hit it a little bit. So there were, we talked about it Northwestern. Eh, some doubts, who knows, you know, three, three and a half. You guys were anywhere between 21 and a half point to 24 and a half point underdogs going into Ann Arbor last year. You went through it. Um, there were not a lot of buyers into you guys even having a prayer. So we pulled some of them. I could have done a hundred. There were a lot out there, but this is Chris Solari, friend of the show, not picking on Chris. This was everybody pretty much. This was his prediction in the Detroit Free Press. Jim Harbaugh took no mercy a year ago and will look to score until the final whistle. Michigan wins the game 45-17. to 17. That's what he had the morning of the game. Moving on, this was just one of many snapshots of the Michigan fan base. Could have picked a million. You guys just lost to Rutgers at home and you live in East Lansing. That's a sad existence <laughs> if you ask me. Michigan's going to blow out your backs next week, too. <laughs> We're on the rise, and you're about to pay millions of dollars for last place for years to come. This oh, is days guys. before the kickoff. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And last but not least, this asshole chiming in. This is me, the same day as Buff Man. This is our friend Ann Wright, former Michigan basketball player, was talking about, you know, what's the spread going to be in Vegas uh, for the game. This is right after Michigan hammered Minnesota, and we lost to Rutgers. My answer was, I'll answer a different but similar question. How many points would my friend Ant need to give me in this game before I take MSU? I would literally need 27 points to begin considering betting it. I just don't see how MSU keeps it competitive. I hope I'm wrong. Now, I was a lot friendlier than, than Buff Man. I was not calling us losers or anything like that, but I, my diehard bleed green and white soul was like, I just, unless my Michigan friend is going to offer me a four touchdown spread, I ain't making a bet with them. I didn't buy it. I don't just what happened? Like, were you guys shot? Like you were, you did something nobody saw coming. I didn't, I don't know anybody that picked you guys to win and you won comfortably. It was a, a double digit win until the backdoor score at the end. What happened there? How take me through that. So just the Rutgers game, it was all over the place. I think we had like seven turnovers and then two more on fourth down. So. And we were still in the game. So it was kind of like we got enough. Obviously, our, our record didn't show that last year. But we were very up and down, up and down. But we, when we knew when we didn't turn the ball over, and even if we just flipped the field with a punt, our defense was good enough to go out there. Obviously, we had Antoine Simmons, Naquan Jones, uh, Shakur Brown. Just, you know, We had a lot of good pieces and other players that were good role players. Antoine was running from sideline to sideline, played lights out. Defense played lights out. Um, they made it extremely hard on them and our offense. We knew it was going to be a muddy game running the ball with Aiden Hutchinson, Chris, Chris Hinton, Carlos Kemp, and uh, the guy that just got drafted to the Colts first round. Um, so we knew it was going to be a rough game. We knew we were going to have to mass max protect and take our shots deep. And Ricky had hell of a game, especially for a true freshman. Ricky White. 
Yeah. Yep. Jaden Reed had a, a really good game. Speedy Naylor. Um, and when I got the ball, I made the most of it. And Rocky played lights out. Uh, he didn't turn the ball over. And he managed the game uh, with the deep shots, the deep balls, and throwing it underneath and just knowing the different situations. And uh, I think we had the mindset whenever we played Michigan, uh, everybody's locked in. We got a lot of kids from Michigan. We know how important the rivalry is. And growing up, I was an Ohio State fan watching my brother. So I hated Michigan already, and I still hate them. And um, just like when he, when we'll play Michigan, he'll see how serious it gets. And I didn't, I used to always think it was the Ohio State Michigan game. But like when you play in that game, you're like, it's on. And luckily we didn't, or sadly we didn't have fans. I wish there was fans. I wish we just beat them at home with fans. That was the only thing that could. The crowd noise was about similar to if they were in there yeah. with what you guys did. I mean, it it would have been, been quiet. Would, it wouldn't have been that much louder if there were fans. Yeah. But, um, you know, being that team, uh, it, it's always, you know, good to beat them. But, um, Hopefully we can do it again. No, or we will do it again. We will. We don't like talking about the other opponents, but we will do it again. Hopefully we just, you know, stay, stay confident, but humble. And, uh, you know, let our work take care of itself and let our pads talk. You you guys had no reason to be confident in that game from the outside. That's what blows my mind. You come in and, and, and Rocky's just throwing bombs to Ricky White to start. It's like I, I can't believe you guys came in with the swagger that you did. I mean, thank God. But it's like I, that I think is a testament to your coach, right? I mean, obviously to you as individuals, but the fact that you guys came in confident, the video that they, they only put out a little bit of it, but the video from right before you guys left the tunnel to go out for the game – Mel's like screaming at you guys, like fired up, and he's getting everyone going. Like I just, I thought that was such a good sign early in the program with all the challenges that was obviously with COVID being faced with a new coach. It was a good sign to get off the mat that quickly. Um, you know, I, I will put it to you, Ken. You've been here under a year. We talked about you famously committed on the day that it was an insurrection. <laughs> the whole... Did I really do that shit? <laughs> January, 6th. <laughs> January, January 6th. I think, I think the, uh-huh. the people with the moose heads were uh, in the halls of the Capitol, right, when you tweeted that out. So, yeah, there were two things trending on, on Twitter. It was the MSU Capitol takeover and, and Kenneth Walker III commits to Michigan State. Oh, so oh, you, have, you have impeccable timing. But you, you've been here, obviously, well under a year. <clears throat> You haven't played in that game yet. Is that, do you get any sense yet of what that means? I mean, I know you have other fish to fry right now yeah. with other opponents. You don't look ahead, like Connor yeah. said, but like, do you get the sense? Is there any feel for the contempt in that building they for that program? They don't, it's like nobody liked them at all. Like, nobody like, likes them. They don't even mention their name, like the school down the road. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I feel it, but like, I haven't been in that game. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm like, they tell me, like, I got a lot of teammates tell me, even comment, like, they tell me how the game is, and, like, they like, bro, you got to go through it to understand what we're saying type stuff. Like, but, yeah, it's serious, bro. Guy Connor said you guys are going to win. I'm already excited. I, yeah. I, I'm pumped for that. I'll be up there. It'll be my first game in a couple of years. It's uh, I, I got my hotel. I'll be up, up there two nights, so I'm excited. I Obviously, you know, we, we can maybe get to that later on. Uh, you do have other opponents in front of you, yeah. but – I, I, I'm on the record that Connor said it's going to be a win, so I, I'm running with that. But I, I, <laughs> uh, I know he got some Michigan fans watching this, but um, nah, no, you should, I, you I should say, feel good. Yeah, I say that because um, 
with what we have and what Coach Tuck says, um, you know, we believe it and yep. we're you know we're gonna live it. Hopefully, you yeah, know, he, he talks about how we can beat everybody on 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 our schedule. There's no reason why we everybody's on scholarship too. If we all invest and we all do what we need to do and we all take the game plan serious and get our questions asked that we need to go into the game. The hay's never in the barn. He always that's another quote Coach Tuck always says. The hay's never in the barn. There's always time to game plan, whether that's right in, before the game, right after walkthroughs. Just always ask all your questions and to make sure it's always right to you know double check. And I think if we do that and we take care of the ball, obviously that's the most important thing in the organization. If we do that, you know everything else will take care of itself because we we have enough players. Yeah, and I also okay. feel like it's it's never like never cocky though. Like you can't like get cocky. Like that's not. I don't. I feel like that's what you're trying to get across. Like we're not cocky about it though. Like no, you know, no. we're just confident in like what we've been learning. Like what we, like, you know, what I'm saying we've been putting in work for it. So, well, and that's sort of been the nature of the rivalry too. Is you know, Michigan has tended to be the cocky ones, and we're more quietly confident. I mean, that's sort of been the mo, and I think that's how Mark Antonio really flipped the script on that. And I mean, the last 15 years, Michigan State has really controlled the rivalry I think and I think that's why that approach just before I move on there wasn't one percent of you Cotter you're a human being come on you saw what they did to Minnesota we we were shitting our pants on Twitter man like the, the Twitter idiots like me we were oh shit this is gonna we just lost it was what 49 to 3 or 41 to 3 the year before we just saw it like it wasn't at least a little party like oh shit just a little bit not even a little bit. What'd you say? Yeah, were you a little bit like, oh shit, we're in for it? When you saw what they did to Minnesota, a team that, at the, in hindsight, they didn't end up being good. But we thought Minnesota was good at the time. Joe Milton looks like Cam Newton in his MVP year for yeah, the Panthers. He did. I was about to say that. Yeah. He was, he was actually, he's 6'6, 250. He, he looks really nice when they played Minnesota. I remember watching that game. Um, I think that was a Friday night game. Yeah, I think it so was. So I watched it in the yep. hotel. Um, and. I was just like, you know, we, we've always been the underdogs, and it's always nicer to be the underdogs. I'd rather be the underdog than the, the people that are expected to win every game. You know, they got to protect that. Why not go take that from them? Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the, the proof's in the pudding with what happened. I just I, I still think that's the most uh, – the biggest testament to the coach that you guys came out like that. But anyway, we'll, we'll move on to this for season expectations. You talked about it. You guys – think you're going to win every game and obviously that's a great mentality the certainly before the northwestern game but even now the general stance of the fan base mine most people i know are hey you know, if you go six and six it's mel tucker's first real year six and six is a great win uh, no one will be mad we'll be happy about a bowl game but kind of in particular like you're you're done after this year like six and six you're probably pissed right <laughs> Yeah, if if we lose one game, I'm pissed. Um, I could have another year with COVID. <laughs> oh, that's right. You do have the extra year of eligibility. When I, when I was right. going to leave, um, that year didn't count. But if if that opportunity, you know, if that's the best opportunity for me to come back, you know, I'd maybe reconsider it. But if not, you know, if if I can move on to the next level, you know, that's something that I would want to pursue. But um, our expectations are to you know go, go one and zero every week and just. We're not happy with eight and four. I mean, that's that's mediocre. Eight I mean, and four, there'll be a parade. I just, just yeah, telling you. but but that's just not that's not in your building. But no, because no. I feel like we put in too much work to do that. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you put in a lot of work. Like, you're not satisfied with like losing at all. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, 
That's nice. If we got to run the ball the whole game 50 times with him, come on, let's block. Let's, let's do well, this. I don't, I don't know. I mean, apparently your performance wasn't impressive enough to the Walter Camp folks. I mean, I, I, we didn't really hit on that. We took a picture. <laughs> yeah. I, what what the hell was that about back uh, after Northwestern? I honestly don't know, but I don't even like. What man, happened? You feel me? I don't even. <laughs> I don't, I seen it and all that, but like, I don't get into it. That's just like, like motivation. You know what I'm saying? Like, do better. You I know what guess, I'm saying? Like, if they, man. if they like, if they feel like I wasn't. Um, or I guess worthy enough. I guess I should say like to get chosen for that. I mean, that's just that. I don't know. Oh well, but, I'll grab the pitchfork for you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can stay humble. The, the fans will stay. I, that was ridiculous. I mean, it, it's just the principle. Like there were some people out there, mostly on the Michigan side. They're like, "Why do you care so much about a Walter Camp Weekly Award?" I do get that perspective, yeah. but like at the same time. When you have 100 yards more than the other guy and two more touchdowns and you're playing a better opponent on the road versus at home, I don't know if, like, do, do they like the color orange more? Like, it, 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 what what metric is there? But anyway, I digress. That was ridiculous, but whatever. I, I think you'll get your, um, your credit in due time, and there's other accolades that have already rolled in. So we'll transition to this briefly, then we'll get to the speed round. This broke today. I mean, my prep sheet was turned in. I had to come back to it. Matt Ishbia, you guys are both sponsored players now, I think, by default, whether you wanted to or not at this point. just It's just announced Matt Ishbia, United Wholesale Mortgage. Uh, Ishbia is a billionaire, former Michigan State basketball player. Did the real big NIL deal, $500 a month for everyone on your team, including you guys, obviously, everyone on the basketball team. You could be a walk-on, doesn't matter. I mean, that's $500 a month in college. That is like 500 burgers at Burgerama. That's a lot. Like, it goes a long way. <laughs> you know what Burgerama is? Never heard of it. We got it. Oh, yeah. You got to we'll, we'll teach you about Burgerama, and then we'll transition to who Tony Mandrick was. So we'll get to that. But just it's early in this NIL stuff. But, yeah. like, what, what's the world been like? I mean, just talk about it a little bit. You guys have been through sort of the pre- and post-world. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, honestly, it's like a blessing for us, like, college athletes around the world because, like, like we actually like dropped in like at a perfect time to like actually get paid for like playing in college you know i remember when i was young i used to hear about it all the time like college players don't get paid and all that like i used to play ncaa and then out of nowhere like they took the game away because they didn't want to play college athletes and things like that but like i feel like it's a blessing and a great opportunity for uh college athletes around the world i don't get like one of my uh, best friends obviously has since graduated college but is a world-class violinist has traveled the world he was in college at Michigan State and was getting paid. He was on scholarship for music and was getting paid at all sorts of gigs all over the place. It's like, how can this guy also on scholarship like you guys, just in a different building, get paid to do a a gig, but you guys can't like sign your name? I I mean, really, that's an argument that, okay, maybe we don't pay you to play. That would actually be apples to apples, but like you can't even like – sign you know for an hour at a signing or something like to me it was always odd right is that like a fair takeaway yeah i don't i didn't think it was fair you know necessarily uh for student athletes because there was other people getting paid like you said but what i like the most about the nil deal is you never know what you know i came from a good background but you never know what the guy next to you has gone through and you know the walk-ons especially they come in there and they bust their tails every day so five hundred dollars is a lot of money to them and we get our scholarship checks and stuff like that, but $500 can do a lot, and that can help with some of the kids' rent. Some of the kids can send money back home. You just never know uh, what the guy next to you has gone through or has gone through, so that's 
my perspective on it. And, you know, hopefully we get more. And obviously the better the, the better you perform and the better you play on Saturdays or Fridays or whenever we our games are, um, the more opportunities you come. He had a hell of a game and, you know, it opened a lot of doors open for him and more opportunities. And that's just how it's going to be for everybody. So if you want to get paid, why not go out there and perform? And Coach Tuck talked about it. If we all got there and win, it's going to bring more to Michigan State and bring more to the football team and the guys next to you and for yourself, you know. But it's it's, it's an honor and, you know, it's a blessing because no one really ever thought this day was going to come. Mel Tucker's really leaning into it too. Like, again, I, I don't want this to be, you know, an hour when we wrap this on casting aspersions on D'Antonio, whom I love. but. I do think Mel Tucker is probably better equipped and more amenable to this change. I think like we kind of have the perfect guy. He he's totally embracing it, right? I yeah. mean, there's no downside that you sense from Tucker on NIL. Yeah, that's like actually surprised me too. Like he's like really for it. Like he wants us to like, you know, do the uh, get into the NIL. We have means about it and everything like that. And he like pushes it. Like, so that's, that's pretty cool and exciting. We're going to have to get more money out of Ishbia if you're going to start dressing like Mel, though. I mean, I, I don't know. I, like, I've seen, you know, what a $1,200, $1,500 suit looks like. They don't look that nice. I don't know what he's paying. I don't know what Italian he flew in to tailor his clothes, but that guy's the best-dressed guy in the state of Michigan, if not the Midwest, man. So, yeah, I don't know. We won't be dressing like Mel anytime soon. But, yeah, just like the, the $500 hours. Even if like you mentioned the walk-on, walk-on's not going to be doing some signing typically, but it can make such a difference. I just feel like it, it's good that there's some uh, compensation for what you guys are doing, especially for the walk-ons that are paying tuition. I mean, they have nothing really in it for them except the glory, which I mean, I'm sure it is glorious being a walk-on that never plays. But uh, yeah, I think it's a good thing for sure. So we'll get to the speed round. We talked about it a little bit before. Going to go through quickly. We'll have some fun. Let's start it. <clears throat> All right, I'm ready for this. So we'll start with you, Connor, and throw it to Ken. Starting here, your most fiery assistant coach. So we've talked about Mel Tucker to death. We've talked about his fire and his yelling and his fire and brimstone. Who is the most fiery assistant coach at Michigan State? Coach Ailes, 100%. Yeah, that's 6 a.m. in the morning. He's yelling. He's he's ready. Now, who is that for those that don't know? Uh, He's our special team coach and our linebacker coach. Um, Super intense. And he's always on a hundred. Like you'll never catch him just chilling. Like he's bouncing around, jumping one time in the special team meeting. He's like, Connor, stand up, stand up. And he's like, like he's showing like, if you like basically wrap up somebody and he's like, don't let me out. Like he was like trying to hold on to me. And like, I literally just, he was he was embracing it. He was yeah. actually trying to wrestle. He was trying to like like just squeeze me and not let go. And I'm like, he's like, try for real. And I'm like, I just throw him. He's like on the ground, his glasses come off and he stuff. He's still yelling. <laughs> he's still yelling. So yeah. you, you agree, Cam. I mean, it's yeah, the same. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. yeah. Coach <laughs> he the most int- I'm talking about from early morning to like after practice, bro. He's like going. He's bounced off the walls. I mean, he's like more so than Tucker, it sounds like. Right? Yeah. I mean, he might it's be the wild. most. Yeah. It's that's that's the new culture. It's it's not the family, you know, calm atmosphere anymore. It's family, but it's an intense family. Yeah. We'll move on. So this is a fun one. I don't know how easy this will be for you to pull. Maybe not as easy as the last one. 
So I'm going to ask both of you, your MSU teammate road trip companions. So for the parameters, you're driving cross country. You can take two guys with you <laughs> that you're going to be in a car with for hours and hours. You're going to, you're going to be at Yosemite or wherever the hell you're going to be. What tour are you taking? It's nothing to do with how good of players they are. It's just the two best guys that you yeah. want to be on that kind of trip with. You go. You can start. Yeah, start with you, Ken. Um, I got to take my dog, Eli. Eli Collins. Elijah Collins? Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. He's here in July. Yeah. Oh, he came here? Yeah, he was here. I, I, that's, I want to see him get some carries, but I got, you know, a guy that, that might come at his expense that just uh, ran, you know, mad in numbers on his opponent. So I got to be careful with what I say, but I'd nah, like nah, to see nah. Elijah out there a little bit. Nah, he, uh, he that dude for real. Great that's guy. That's my dog, yeah. Eli and who else? Let me think. Uh, I know who you going to go with. Who? Simi. My dog, Simi. <laughs> gotta be Simi. Yeah. <laughs> Eli, Elijah Collins and Simi and Barrow. That's my dog. He, um, he on the D-line. Number cool. eight. That's my dog, though. All right, on. So yeah. that's your two. What do you got, Connor? I got like three or four. We might, you can, hey, we, we might have to get in the RV for real. Yeah, we'll um, get, get the RV. I'm going to go Big Russo. He's he's hilarious. You know, he's just always life of the party, um, good energy. Anthony great. Russo, yeah. Yep. Um, Spencer Brown, funniest kid on the team by far. Funny, just. Spencer Brown. Just always cracking jokes. He's the biggest, funniest yeah. kid on the team. Like, he has this high-pitched laugh. His laugh, bro. His laugh, bro. Um, crazy. I'll go them two. Powers Warren. Um, uh, his dad's a commissioner. Uh, he's he's just got here. He's a tight end. I go them three. And then my fourth. <sighs> I like to laugh. So I'm going to go Harold Joyner. Harold Joyner. <laughs> he, he, he's funny. Another guy in the running back room. Yeah, yeah he, he's yeah. hilarious. Uh no, dude is actually. You, you wouldn't. He's banged he, up right now. He, is any is any hurt? Oh, I don't know, get you in trouble, but he's good. He he's good. good. He's, good. Okay. he's, good. he's, he's good. practiced. He's good. He's yeah, good. He's been practicing all, all that. He's all right, good. all right. But good. um, good. no, he, all three of those guys are funny. I, I like to laugh and you know have good positive vibes, and they're they're all just funny in their own ways, uh, and they're just all enjoyable. You're going to be the level-headed one in the group, Connor. And I don't know you that well, but a couple of times, I feel like you'll mellow out the, the crazy there a little bit. I like that you're getting an RV. I mean, I think you could get away with a Lincoln Navigator with that trip. We'd have to add a couple more to justify the RV oh, no, expense. Spence going to take that. Yeah, Spence. <laughs> yeah, 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 fair. That's fair. That's fair. So we'll move on. Now, this this might be tough for you, Ken, because you've been there for five seconds, but the best Gosh. East Lansing food joint. Now, all my favorites, for the most part, are gone because I'm old, but... Uh, you know, we threw Crunchies up there. One of my favorite remaining is Crunchies uh, burgers and beer up there. But your your East Lansing food spot. Who whoever wants to start's fine. I mean, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm from Memphis, but we got some we got some yeah. good food down there. Uh, so. yeah. East Lansing's a little lacking. I mean, I love yeah, it. I love it, but come on. So um I guess I will have to go with um where would I go? Um I'd probably go with Crunchies. Because yeah, I actually went spot. there. I went there with Simeon actually. I got. I forgot what burger I got. Doesn't I matter. Got a, I got it. Yeah, I got a burger, and it was pretty good. So yeah, yeah. I have to go to Crunchy's. You may have had to wait forty five minutes for yeah. to come out, but yeah. hey, it's the Crunchy's. Unless something's changed, it's yeah. like it's the best place ever. But I hope you have a long time. Yeah. Like I hope you have forever to wait for it. Right. But. Hopefully, Crunchy's is that good little deal. You know, yeah, I'll hit you up. I'll, <laughs> I'll send it to him. I'll cut out the part where I said the right. service sucked. But <laughs> Connor, who you got? Uh, I'm not. Like I'm from down south, so I like a good barbecue. Like, and there's really not 
You we bad. suck. The culinary arts are are lost. And there's a lot of chain restaurants, you know, that I've I've had Crunchies once. I didn't hear some Roadhouse the other day that their wings are pretty well, pretty good. But there's no home run. There's it's tough because Chick Fil A is it's Georgie. I can't say Chick Fil A. Yeah, but Sansu. Yeah, you ever had Sansu? Oh yeah, I like their sushi. You like there sushi? You no. Uh, uh-uh. not a sushi I, guy. You, I, you probably eating the wrong stuff. Maru got some best sushi place up there if you've ever been to Maru. But Sanchez yeah, great too. I've been to Maru. That's over by Eastwood. There's two yeah. locations, but yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Maru is a great spot. I, I mean, I, I will say, like, I love East Lansing. I prefer East Lansing to Ann Arbor, but the one area they've got us is the food stuff. Like, their 17th best restaurants better than whatever our best one is. But that's the one thing we'll give them. You can't argue with Zingerman's. So we'll move on. Your MSU teammate bodyguard. So you're going to a signing or a personal appearance or whatever you're doing, and you can have, we usually Calhoun, who was probably the toughest guy in his era. Who, who you want as your bodyguard that's got to protect you in the club or your signing or whatever? Uh, I'll go with Jerry Horst. <laughs> that is a good one. Why? Jer- that just, Boy. Yeah, got, <laughs> well, he's big, but has he got the snarl? Because there's some big softies out there, Bro, too. He is. We, we, he had, is. To, we had to calm him down. You have times. to calm him down. I'm talking about in practice when he first, like, bro, he is just like that. Like, he's got a motor. He never stopped. Like, um, tell, tell people who he is because not everyone has my encyclopedic knowledge. Okay, so um, he transferred here from uh, Arkansas State. He's a uh, left tackle. But yeah, he's um, big, huge, yeah, like, real huge. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm talking about fighting and practice, like everybody trying to get a piece <laughs> of defense. defense. Did you fight with fight with the defense? No, it was just that's how you play. Like he played real hard, but the defense would like try to get at him, like after the play, just because he like plays so hard, and like you know, we would have to we would have to have every, to like yeah. slow him down after every like play. Bro. Every like, now and then he'll do some extra stuff, and yeah. they're like. The defense, <laughs> hey, let's go get him to do mine. Like, hey, we, hey, we're at him. And Coach Chuck's like, y'all chill, y'all chill. Yeah, yeah. But nah, it's, it's great to have him for real. Like that, that, that would be my. So he's guy. got your back. Are you kind of the same answer, Connor? No. I'm, walk, I'm walking in with two bodyguards. You, you're, I, I you're keep adding on, I, people. That I keep on adding. Yeah, that's all right. Chase Klein. <laughs> hey, why? Why? Uh, he's crazy. I. He'll run through a brick wall. I, yeah. I you know, he's neck brace guy. You, you know, when you see that, you're like. Is he okay? You got to kind of double check. And my second is Jacob Punisher. Oh yeah, I can see. I can see Jacob being on the list for sure. You, you can see a little bit. I know. I know you remember that Michigan game. Oh yeah, when he hit Shea Patterson. Yeah, you know. But I like guys with a little edge. You know, if you're gonna be bodyguard, come on. I want you to want to choke somebody out. Yeah. yeah, you got you got to be a little yeah. nuts. Like I, I mean, if fifty guys that are I don't know, have a role on a football team. Somebody's insane. Like yeah. I, I want the craziest guy. Right. Like even if he's the twelfth biggest, can't be a little guy. Like, give me some size and some crazy. That'd be my pick. Yeah, yeah, good good answers. But we'll move on. The best Michigan State logo. I mean, we threw a few of them up there. You don't have to pick from this three. Obviously, we left out the most common one, the sort of modern Michigan State helmet. There's a lot of debate about the logos and the alternate uniforms. We'll get to that in a second to finish. But what's your favorite Michigan State logo? My favorite one is um, just the, the... Michigan State, State like the script. script. The script. You like, like the script. That. It's yeah. like a cool retro throwback look, and it's just like, it looks like OG, like super original and super like, just like, bam, like Michigan State, like brand. That's what you had on the helmets for yeah. the Northwestern. Yeah. 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 You I agree? Actually, I like the script, but I also like gruff. You like the gruff? Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I like that gruff. I love the script, though, because like, like when we came out with the script, like 
we seen we was going like where that one like bro that's like that's you do you guys get into that like do the players actually give a shit about the alternate uniforms uh, that's not a huge mm. deal the only one i was kind of like uh was i like the top with the state when it's like looks like it's a microsoft word and it's like too big of font on the page yeah i like that one but i don't like the super neon pants but i like when we go dark pants with it because it kind of balances out and then we'll go yeah. green and neon cleats so it doesn't look too bad but all the skill guys love it but the the o-line guys are like no i like all the weird stuff except the neon and that's ironically our last one so you're gonna get to see yourself in that get up right now the neon michigan state jerseys i mean this is just i'm sorry for the audio listeners that can't see it i i love every weird thing we've ever done like the the pro combat the gold the weird bronze stuff like i'm in i have all that stuff this is the one I couldn't get down with. I mean, it just come on. I mean, you said well, you, you don't like that, right? I, I mean, like the top and the, the helmet's uh, sweet. Uh, it's it's just the neon pants. I'm telling you, the neon pants are the worst. I yeah. agree, but it, it, I get the sea. I get Seattle Seahawks vibes with the neon pants. Yeah, and it's just like it's for like the young recruiting that that like you know you know how that goes. But once you get to college, it's just like. Uh, but when you're in high school, you like that stuff. It's like Oregon's doing it. Oh, it's new. Let's throw on this. It's just like Nike just wants us to look nice. It's like, come on, I'll throw it on. It doesn't matter. But you're a conveyor belt for Nike at Michigan State. I mean, you guys get all the cool shit early. Where do you stand on on neon? I know you haven't worn them. Neo, OG, I don't, I don't even know too much about them. But you can, we can put the picture back up. You could be a fashion critic. I mean, <laughs> would you feel sexy that running up and down the sidelines wearing that ridiculous? Man. I'm sorry. Like, hey, come on. Yeah, I don't have any neon stuff in here. I, I have every version of everything yeah. we've ever done except that. But I ain't gonna lie, it looks straight to me. Uh, you like it too? Yeah, you guys at Colton Pouncey. Colton Pouncey thinks I'm nuts. I, I, Colton Pouncey, great. Great guy, been on the show, but he's a big neon guy. I'm not a neon guy, but anyway, we'll wrap there. We do have, by the way, the the script S over my shoulder. If I don't know if you noticed that, and the gruff in the corner. There's some white behind them, but there's no neon <laughs> anything in here. Neon, but no so you guys have a walkthrough tomorrow morning. I, I got to get you the hell out. I promise I'd be quick with you. Mm-hmm. I said I'd get you out in an hour. We're like right on the dot, so we'll wrap there. But just want to say, congrats on a great win. You guys both had a big part in it. Connor, you know, I've told you off mic several times, I'm a big fan of yours. I'm just starting to learn our buddy Ken here, but uh, you didn't take long to, to endure yourself to Spartan Nation. So it's, it's great to have you. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a fun season, I think. I think a fun transitional year where I'm excited to see what happens. You guys are talking about the college football playoff already, which is great. <laughs> I think that's awesome. But um, it's a fun time. I think you guys are here at a great time that'll be remembered for a long time. So I, I thank you for coming here. I know I've made that drive. East Lansing to Rochester sucks. Appreciate your guys' time and uh, wish you well this weekend against Youngstown State. Yeah, I appreciate you having us, man. Thank you for having us. It means a lot. Thank you. No, sure. Of course. You're welcome anytime. And I'll say to you guys, go green. Go white. Go white. All right. Good luck to you guys. It'll be a fun year. I'll see you guys in Ann Arbor. I'll be the dope waving to you when you come out of the tunnel. So uh, you guys can pretend to notice me. So we have a, a really fun couple of weeks ahead. We have the Becca Polanski episode scheduled for tentatively next week. That was rescheduled from last month. I'm excited for that. We were talking to a teammate of your guys, Jaden Reed. Right before the show, he was saying, hey, man, can I come on tomorrow? I got to see if I can pull that off. But I may be back with Jaden Reed tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We're working on that. But uh, we appreciate you guys. We have uh, a lot of momentum. 
And uh, we're, we're grateful for all that and, and all of you. Thank you again to Virgil's Vineyard, the producers of The Smuggler's Son, our wonderful early on board sponsor. Thank you to Ben Augusta, the great and powerful Oz on the other side of the wall, who always makes himself available even when I send him the entire prep sheet 47 minutes before the production. And Eric Williamson on his couch and his boxers, graphic set design, does a great job. Thank you to everyone. Thank you again to Connor Hayward. Thank you to Ken Walker for joining us. Ken Walker the third, who, man, what a debut. I, I can't <laughs> wait to see what's going on next. All eyes are going to be on you next week, man. So I wish you guys well. We'll see you soon. Spiro Avenue Show, Justin Spiro. Catch you next time. Thank you.